and a warm welcome to the Big Bright Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about marketing, design, tech, company culture and everything in between. I'm Amy, the marketing executive here at Bright. Today I'm welcoming the lovely Carrie Kirby onto the show. Carrie is the head of marketing at Peak and Poke, a BAFTA-nominated game studio that creates branded games for businesses. Their mission is to help brands of all shapes and sizes harness the power of games in their marketing. Carrie's job is to increase people's awareness of branded games and specifically show them how easy it can be to use them to engage and entertain their audience. So that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me and excited to be here. You're very welcome. Yeah, really pleased that you're here with us. To begin, if you could tell us a little bit more about Peek and Poke, what your mission is and where it all started. Yeah, of course. Well, like you just mentioned there in that lovely introduction, Peek and Poke essentially make branded games for brands. And the idea behind that is, you know, there's lots of people talking about gamification and using games in marketing now, but lots of people are worried that actually it's a very complicated process and that it can take a long time and it can cost a lot of money. And in the past, that was definitely the case. But now, as technology has developed and moved on, we have a range of ready-to-go games that we have invested in the development of, and we have made them great games to play so brands can very simply customize over the top of it and make them their own in that regard. So yeah, that's what we're trying to do just to make it a little bit easier for brands to come on in into the game space and try something without too much investment. Yeah, perfect. And I guess bring a little bit of fun into marketing as well. Are you at it? Yeah, absolutely. We all love a bit of fun, don't we? (laughs) Exactly. You mentioned gamification. Could you talk a little bit more about that word? I hear it quite often. I'm never really sure what it means. Yeah, of course. That is one of the issues that we come up against as well, actually, because what we do is slightly different to to gamification. So gamification in its broadest sense is using mechanics from standard typical games in a non-gaming context. For example, a business setting. LinkedIn do it. Lots of social media kind of platforms do it where you have like a progress bar, you complete a task and, and you get a badge. That is levels of gamification. So all of those little things are gamification mechanics. Whereas what we do are kind of standalone branded games, if you like. So you're actually having a really nice, full game experience. They're not deep, you know, they're not like PlayStation or Xbox games, but they're meant for marketing. So they have to be kind of quick and fun to play, but they're just a little bit more than the snippets that you get within gamification. Right. Okay. Then that makes sense. And yeah, you see a lot of that in SaaS products as well, don't you? I notice when you see like progress bars and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about games and why they're so important. Some of the psychology around gaming. I love gaming. Can you tell us a little bit about the psychology? Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, we've been playing games as humans for a really long time. And in the 70s, video games became a thing. You know, it's how we learn. It's how we have fun. It's how we entertain ourselves. When I often do presentations, I often show the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, lots of the elements that we get from playing games fall into those top categories of of need. So the things like being part of a community and getting a sense of achievement, all of those things you can get from playing really good games. And that's because they kind of fire off the kind of chemical reactions in our brains that make us want to go again and make us feel good. And that's why we keep on coming back to playing games in whatever respect that is. And obviously in the 70s, we had video games, which has kind of grown and grown and grown in the 
the 90s, the early 2000s, when Apple launched their kind of smartphone. And now everybody has a device in their pocket that they can play games on. So the demographics of who is playing games has had an exponential growth. It's humongous now. So it really is no surprise that we're talking about it on a podcast now about how brands and games are coming into marketing. Yeah, I was just thinking as you were saying that, I remember like Farmville on Facebook and stuff like that. I remember that when we saw like gaming on social media and stuff. Yeah, it's everywhere. So yes, let's talk about games in the commercial space. Where do they come into it? Just referencing the answer to the last question about how games kind kind of fire off these kind of feel good chemical reactions in our brains. As marketeers, we want our audience to feel something so that they do something right. That's essentially what it boils down to. And games are a great way for harnessing those kind of emotional connections between a brand and an audience. There are so many ways to communicate with an audience now. And as a consumer of things, we are bombarded with messages left, right and centre. So if a brand or a company can find a way to cut through that noise, that's what we're all looking for and and games are a really good way to do that because one it's something different two it's entertainment so it's not an interruption you're actually putting something in front of your audience that they actually really want to do they want to play the game because it's fun so I think that's as a way to engage your audience they, they really slot into that kind of part of the funnel yeah I've been playing a couple of the games that you've sort of released for your brand partners they're very addictive. I can, can vouch that they definitely work. <laughs> As marketers, why should we be paying attention to games? The global games market, if I just put it in financial terms, because us marketeers like to talk about the money side of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the global games market now is worth $177.8 billion. Pounds. Wow. 177.8 billion. That is more than the music industry and the movies industry put together. That's wow. <laughs> yeah, That's it blows shocking. people's minds, definitely. It's a huge, huge industry. And it's actually projected to be over 200 billion by 2023. And I don't know if you've heard, but also Netflix are launching kind of like their own gaming division and so are Amazon. So everybody is wanting a piece of this pie. Wow. I didn't know that actually. What's that going to look like? Do you know? Well, they're kind of doing their own platform so that they can release their own games. So alongside their programs stranger things is a good example so stranger things from netflix they'll also run alongside that a little stranger things game and it'll all be part of the package so you can see how games are a standard part of the entertainment package now for sure wow okay brands have been getting involved with games for a really long time it's not a new thing i remember you know having a cd rom with five mini games off the pack of a kellogg's cocoa pox box you know? <laughs> So it's been a thing for a long time. But I think now, as we said earlier, with people having lots of different devices and having a computer in their pocket, it's just more and more accessible. What's been really nice, I think, over the lockdown period and over this kind of pandemic, that more brands have been utilising games 
as a way to connect with their audience. So Louis Vuitton did something in Animal Crossing. Lots of brands are kind of putting sponsorship in front of gaming audiences as well. So yeah, it's it's not new and it's just going to continue to grow for sure. Yeah, of course. Well, after the figures you just gave us there, it makes sense. Let's go back to Peek and Poke and what you guys do. What are some of the pain points that your clients have when they come to you and how do the games help them fix that? There's a few that come up quite a lot and often we get people say, yes, okay, we get it. Games are fantastic, but we don't know the process. We just don't know how to begin this. It's something that we haven't done before. And it's always a risk, especially in a B2B setting. It's a risk to do something different and do something new. That's why we have created the white label stuff, if you like, the things that are ready to go that brands can very simply add a layer of their branding over the top. And it just makes it a really cost effective way to utilize games. Then in terms of their kind of marketing challenges and some of the use cases for games, there are so many. Lots of people want to re-engage a stagnant audience, if you like. So say, for example, you have a, a huge marketing list that don't engage with you very often. Throwing a game in front of them with a competition to win something can really help bring those back. Lead generation, for example, at a trade show. We, we met at a B2B Expo the other week. That's a great way to kind of stand out in a sea of stands who are all doing the same you know have a little game on your stand invite people to come and play there's lots of different use cases and the ways that games can help with those pain points do you have any sort of client use cases you can talk to us about what are some of the best projects you've worked on what are some of the best use of your games that you've seen out there There's one that's live at the minute, which is being used by an agency, a B2B agency called Sleeping Giant Media. And they have run one of the best game campaigns that I have seen. And this is something that we always say to clients, while we can deliver a great piece of, you know, engaging content, you still need to give it the push that it deserves. You know, it's not a magic marketing bullet that you put a game on your website and then throngs and throngs of of gamers will come and play it. The same with everything. You have to give it a, a mix of promotional push so Sleeping Giant Media have done this brilliantly they utilized one of our it's a match three game so it's a little bit like Candy Crush and they kind of branded it all to their colors and put their kind of logos within it but they've run a campaign which is I think 10 weeks long which we were a bit worried about to start with it's like wow that's a really long campaign (laughs) a bit worried that you might get all of your audience at the beginning and then nobody's going to play it at the end but they've really thought about how they've developed the prizes for it. So they're giving out a weekly prize, which means people are coming back over and over again. The prizes are fantastic. So they've got things like Crystal Maze experiences and Alton Towers and and then mixed in with, you know, £50 voucher for Amazon or £50 voucher for Blue Box, all of that kind of stuff. But they've put a really nice content plan strategy around it so they've made some fantastic videos they really piggybacked on the squid game thing they've done little cards with a qr code on it and just kind of dropping them in lots of different random places so that people see these and kind of like oh do you want to play a game and then it takes them through to their game and it's worked really well for them they've been going live every friday on linkedin to kind of announce their winners as well so it's really engaging people throughout the game campaign period 
and their results have been fantastic. Yeah, it sounds so much fun. I just wanted to ask, what were their goals when they came to you? Was it about brand awareness? Was it about lead generation, a mixture of the two? And are they seeing those kind of results? What, so I'm playing the game. What do they want me to do at the end of it? Yeah, so it's a, a mixture of both of those things. Definitely brand awareness and, and lead gen were their two main priorities. And they're definitely seeing the results in that. So 60% of the players that were playing their game were, were new contacts to them, which is phenomenal. And they were also also seen some really nice stats on, on LinkedIn as well, because that's been one of the big channels for them as a B2B agency. They were telling me the other day that they're 90% up on impressions and 100% up on new followers since launching the game in 30 days. So it's it's really kind of boosted their awareness. And then obviously the process or the journey for the customer is you, you kind of play the game and then you put your details in at the end to go on the leaderboard from then it's a free prize draw to win a prize so it's a bit of data capture there as well so people have obviously spent more time at home over the past 18 months have you seen noticeable growth in branded games in general gaming has increased it's been one of those things that has seen a, a huge uplift worldwide gaming increased by 150 percent and we're now up to like 2.9 billion gamers and in the uk specifically it grew by 50 percent. so it definitely did have a massive increase and, and that again is down to how games make us feel and how we can connect to each other when we're kind of isolated you know having these online huge platform games like Fortnite and Animal Crossing are really just lovely ways to keep connected and to keep talking to people when we're on our own so yeah absolutely it did see a huge increase during those difficult difficult months and in terms of branded games as well we have a client called Beasley who are an insurance broker and normally they do one game a year and have done for the last 10 years, you know, for Christmas, just to say thanks to their broker audience for their support. But during lockdown, they actually created three games as a way to kind of keep on talking to their audience and to give them a bit of fun while everybody was working from home. Okay. So would you say that it's quite a good way to set yourself apart from the competition? Then I guess you mentioned an insurance broker. It's not always the most fun and interesting sort of industry to be in. So I guess it's a good way to, yeah, set yourself apart yeah absolutely and that's you know that's one of the things that we come up against all the time people say well my audience is it's a very dry industry they're not wanting to play games you know it's not going to work for us but in fact we know that so many people are playing games whether you're marketing to a, a b2c audience or a b2b audience we're all human. We all love to play, as we've seen. So, yeah, it's definitely a way to set yourself apart and to kind of cut through the noise. For any of our listeners who are interested in delving into the world of branded games, where should they start and what sort of things should they be thinking about? The same with all kind of marketing tactics, I guess, would be to start with why. Always think about the why, why you want to do this and what you want to get out of it, because then that can affect what game you go for, what route you kind of go for, what functionality extra that you might need from a kind of like an out of the box game. So yes, that's the first thing that we do if somebody comes to us and say, right, I want to game. What do we do? We go, okay, why do you want to game? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to get out of it? You know, is it lead generation? Is it brand awareness? Is it data capture? What are your audience? Who who are you targeting? You know, what age group they're in? What do they like doing? And then we'll be able to find the best game to match your audience as well. And see, like I said, if you need any additional kind of 
functionality. So we, we work with a lot of retailers who want to have voucher code functionality, for example. So you play the game and if you collect something within the game, that might trigger an email with a prize, a functionality um, where you come to the store and then you get your discount or something like that. And the same goes for hospitality industry, for example. They want to move people from a virtual setting and bring them to a bricks and mortar place. So that's something that a game can do as well. Would you always recommend that there should be a prize in that case? It does help to have a prize because at the end of the day, they're marketing tools. And if you're asking people for data, it's nice to be able to give them something. It's like an addition motivator to play so if you were creating a game for the first time I would always say definitely try to include a prize in there but the more you do people start to get used to them and they start to really enjoy seeing them come in and then Beasley don't have prizes sometimes they do a charity donation sometimes they just do them for fun and I think the more you do the more your audience come to expect them and in which case the game is the prize but more often than not we would say try and do a little free prize draw and never do a top spot we always say this this is a good one this is a good one just to slip in here because it's very easy to think about games in in the competitive nature of it so if you're offering a prize you want to give the first person on the leaderboard the prize right the top spot prize but because these are online games they're open and what you might find is somebody who isn't as good as the game is that the person in the top might just go oh well I'm never gonna hit that score so I won't bother and then that gives a kind of a little negative feel to the whole thing which is you don't want that you want the whole reason for doing it is to have this positive fun experience so you want to make it as accessible to everybody as possible some people do kind of try and cheat the system to get to the top spot so it just makes it a bit of a fairer way for everybody really so we would always say do a free prize draw oh yeah that works for me I'm not I'm not that good at games so yeah that's that's great so for a marketer who's listening to this and is quite interested and they want to get their like management buy-in or senior stakeholder buy-in is there anything you can recommend to help with the swaying of the decision there yeah because it is a challenge isn't it especially if you haven't done games before it's a big risk for some people so I would say go armed with the stats go armed with the industry stats they're very compelling and as much of your industry and if there's anybody in your industry who are creating games and there probably will be try and get to the heart of what they did and how it worked for them because people like to see that it's a safe thing and that actually it will work so yeah certainly and actually the way that the we do things it doesn't cost that much money so especially if you wanted to do something around Christmas time for example that's a really good way to test it because you don't really have to do anything to the game. The game is already Christmasified. All you have to do is add a logo to it and then you can share it and see what happens. And that's a really cost-effective way to test a game with your market. And you mentioned earlier about you need to give it a good push from your end as well. What are some of the best ways to promote the games? Got social, emails and stuff. Any other ways that people can be pushing their games out there? Good starting point would be to obviously to your mailing list. That's always a good starting point. But just to go hand in hand with your social, you could push some kind of PPC behind it as well. If you're trying to capture a a new audience and then some remarketing as well, that's always really nice. So if somebody has come to your site or somebody has gone to a particular page and they're not doing what you wanted them to, you could then kind of just do some re-engagement, play the game ads as well. So that works really nicely. 
So do you think there's a possibility of there ever being game fatigue? Are we going to see more and more brands creating these branded games and are we just going to just get a bit bored of them? I'd love to see a point where we have so much branded games out there that we get bored of them. That would be amazing. I don't actually think that would happen because what is important for us and what we're always trying to do is, is to kind of innovate and to bring new games out. You know, there are so many games out there. This is why the games industry is growing. You know, there are new games all the time. So there are always opportunities to do something slightly differently and to look slightly different. So yeah, I think that the industry and branded games will keep on innovating, will keep on changing. So hopefully we don't get to that position. Well, perfect. So before we wrap up, I wanted to find out from you what your favorite game was of all time. Forgetting B2B, what's your top game of all time? Well, I've always been a Nintendo girl. You know, I was on the Game Boy back in the 80s and I just love their ethos. I love how family friendly their games are. And I have two kids now, so we're always playing kind of Mario Kart and Mario Odyssey. So anything Mario is got my kind of vote, but I do love a bit of Animal Crossing as well. We mentioned it earlier. Oh, yes. Yeah, me too. I just love the colours and like, it's just fun, isn't it? It's It's like a world to escape into. It's so gentle. It's what I really love about it. It's just, yeah, it's really nice. And having two boys myself who are always on Fortnite and shooting guns, I was just (laughs) like, come and play Animal. And they love it too. And we're all kind of, it's very gentle. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Okay. So if people um, wanted to get in touch with you or get in touch with Peak and Poke, could you direct them, please? Where should they go? Yeah, of course. Please come along and have a look at peakandpoke.com. There are so many games there. All of our kind of game engines have demos to play. There's loads of case studies on there too. So yeah, come and play some games in the name of research (laughs) perfect (laughs) well thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure and yeah speak soon thanks for having me thank you very much amy thanks for listening to the big bright podcast make sure to subscribe to never miss an episode and check out our website at builtbybright.com